All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. We've got turkeys on the mind, and that is what brings me to talk about this Vortex Spark Solar. For podcast listeners only, we are running a giveaway. So this Vortex Spark Solar is a red dot that you mount onto your shotgun. And while we're, so we're going to be running these this spring. We've wanted to run them for a long time. We can't technically say that we've used one. But we know a lot of people that have. Eric Barber, who works for Vortex, had one on his shotgun. And that's a dude that... Shoots, when he hunted with us. When he hunted with us. And that's a dude that shoots like over like 10 birds a spring sometimes. So if it wasn't working, he wouldn't have it on there. A couple facts about this thing. Um, battery life is like phenomenal. 150,000 hours plus. We'll, when we mount one of these onto our shotguns, we'll, we'll do a little thing on it. Um, but it's not complicated at all. I'm pretty sure it's like motion activated. Yeah, motion activation turns on automatically when motion is sensed with your shotgun, like moving it. Um, the nice thing about that red dot is I think a lot of people miss turkeys without a red dot because their head's not all the way down. That red yeah. dot, if you're if you're like not looking at the scope, like completely straight on, that that dot is still going to be where you need to shoot. So like if you're like in a cramped position or having to lean around a tree or something, yep. if you can see the red dot and put it on the turkey's head, it's going to shoot accurately. It says two night vision capable settings. Don't I mean we're not shooting birds out of the roost, but uh, one time magnification, shockproof, waterproof, fogproof. Okay, so these things are sweet. Retail for three ninety nine ninety nine, and we're gonna give one away to a podcast listener. All you have to do is, and this is only if you like our podcast. If you don't like our podcast, don't do this. But we want you to leave a review on the um, Apple Podcast page for us. Whoever leaves a review, we're going to draw a winner. Yep. Any other details there, Nate? Just give us a five-star rating, leave us a review, and we'll pick, of the people that leave the review, we'll pick one to send this Spark Solar to. When do we want to maybe run this through? Uh, we'll, we'll give it a couple podcasts. Yeah, at least at least two weeks. So that's how you win a, a Spark Solar. Let's get into it. All right, it's mid-January, already the 19th, working through the worst month of the year pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's always nice when, when you're through February, really. Yep. So, this podcast is going to be kind of a um, hodgepodge of some different management things, but also maybe some, some industry talk. People like that. Might get into some dirt about the industry. You know, we've been in the industry for almost six years, and we've we've got we've got some intel. No, we're not we're not going to like dog on anybody, but I think we'll talk a little bit about um, ATA, um, hysteria, and then just things associated with that. Correct, people. But first, we're going to get into some things that you might be doing in January and February. If you're a private landowner, if you're a permission guy, if you're a public land hunter, like several things. Um, I think first we can handle, are they going to be picking up Sissy? What? She's not coming through. Okay, cool. Sorry, I can hear Tom's youngest. Um, All right. So can, I think we could start out with some private land things that we're doing. 
management, just a whole bunch of different things. Okay. Yeah. If you're kind of like sitting at home, like you want to be out in the woods doing something, but you're not quite sure, listen to the next 20 minutes. Yep. Yep. So there's a couple different things that we look at every single year during this time frame. We take a look back and we do, we do like some, some highs and lows of the deer season, what we liked, what we didn't like. During the season, one hot tip for you landowners, we have just a running note of things that we wish were better. Yeah, like we keep notes throughout, like when they comes to mind, basically. Yeah. So that way, we're not like in January, like, um, what should we do? Yeah, where do we start? We're like, oh, we had this list throughout the season of things that we didn't think were great that we should try to address right now. Yeah. Some of them are clearing lanes already. Finding trees, like in transition, one of our plots, we have this tree that we've sat the last few years. Location wise, it's great. Like you can transition see a ton. used like by deer. Well, yep. yep. And we, we, we've saw a lot of bucks from that stand. Yeah. But we got pegged. We got pegged in this burrow more than anywhere on the property. Does mm-hmm. would just freaking find us. So it was a little too open. The sun must have been hitting us a little I, weird. So when we first started sitting it, there was a, like a big branch and another tree behind it that kind of backdropped, but those have fallen since. Yes. And I think that kind of screwed us. And, um, and I mean, to be honest, like we're hunting, like those are also catching on to us. Like when they bust us once out of the tree, that's in the back of their mind, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like they just kind of, yeah, the spot they check when they're coming in the plot now. So things like that. I was like frustrated in late October. I was like, we are getting freaking busted out of this tree. I need a new damn tree that can hunt in this area. So things like that we're addressing. Like I need yeah, to cut so some like, down to so be able like, to have a good tree somewhere else or expand the plots so we have yeah. a good tree. When it's like August 20th, you're not like scrambling like, oh, we, like you should be finding those trees now where you want to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, things are going to fill out. So pick your tree, but then clear some things when in July when everything's leafed out. Yep. So that's kind of stuff. As far as like grasses go, Thomas and I start to think about what we want to burn and where those burn lines need to be. Those burn mm-hmm. breaks need to be because that's going to be, you don't want to, people are already burning. Like yeah, if you and, have a humid day, like now's the time to, and you don't want to have that perfect day come up. And you don't have your freaking burn lines ready to go Mm -hmm. because then that's what you have. You have to address that first. So you might be making burn lines when the weather's perfect to be burning. So like we have burned when we shouldn't in the past. Yeah. Just like not, not because the conditions weren't right. They were right, but we were not ready. We weren't prepared enough. Yeah. So that's some grass stuff. I also hot tip right now, order your seed. If you're putting in grasses, if you're doing frost seeding, order it now because I know, Thomas, we've been also kind of hit that late sometimes where we've just ordered. We've been like, we need that now. We need the mm-hmm. clover now. We need certain yeah. things over, now. I'd say over order too. Yeah. Because if anything, like you don't want to run out. You use a little bit more than you think. Um, and if you have extra, fine. That's, that's not a problem. Yep. So, Yep. Um, same, same with like, you can think about saplings. I know planting, like planting hardwoods and stuff, like is, I feel like frowned upon in the management industry. I mean, I, I'm, I wouldn't say frowned upon. It's just like, the, it, it's not making, it's not making a tangible, like super big difference unless you let it go for 50 years, which is what we 
wait, we have that long-term vision for the property. Like this mm-hmm. is going to be in for generations. So that's something that we've also done throughout this time of year. Um, but yeah, as far as like the timber goes, like right now, what things that Thompson and I are, are considering is opening up what we want to open up. And honestly, running a saw when it's 30 degrees out is super great because you get worked up and it gets yeah. freaking gnarly. There aren't a bunch of leaves. There aren't ticks. Here, like, here's the thing with management. Like, fire is king. Like, when it comes down to it, like, the NDA just put, like, something out. Like, your, like, pound per food for fire that it, that results for deer and turkey is, like, yeah, so inexpensive for the work you can put in. Um and, and just opening it, up, it just does so much, but you have to have the chainsaw work. Like, I think it's like, you need to have like 50% crown, um, cover or less to really have fire, like mm-hmm. work very well, like to be able to get a change on that floor. Cause otherwise it's just still too shaded and there's not a lot that's going to happen. Um, so the chainsaw work really goes hand in hand with all of that. Yep. I think, um, Fire will be one of the biggest tools in continuing to keep the turkey alive and well in mm-hmm. at least the Midwest for sure. And, and like the South fire is just a huge element to be able to create food sources for pulse and areas for them to, to roam things like that. Um, mm-hmm. but also during this time, Thompson and I are working on the coon population for sure. That is something that, um, needs to be addressed quite heavily on most people's property. Some places you can call them, which is super fun. Get a get your weapon of choice, and you can have a loud call, just a predator call, like uh, coon distress, fighting coons. Yeah, what else? That's they come running, it. and they'll come steaming out of the trees, and uh, it's fun. Um, but it also helps the management stuff. So, what are those traps that? Um, They're like dog-proof traps. We need to get those foothold kind of things. I felt like. What are the the ones that Sam was using? Mm-hmm. They're at Shields. They're pretty easy to set, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So things like that. Um, those are kind of what we, what we've got on the mind right now. Sheds. We're just not there yet. Like I understand. Like people are getting hyped for sheds. I'm hyped for sheds, but I. You're not dumb to be looking right now, but you're not smart. <laughs> like yeah. they're just. I'm not going to get excited in the Midwest, until March In the Midwest. I've seen some people finding them already, but yeah. And if you own like 800 acres in Iowa or something, that's like untouched. Like maybe you could just do that. But I'm like, I, I'm going to wait till March really to get excited for it. But mm-hmm. um, it's something to consider. And also I'm excited for it. I, I just put together a, a quick shed hunting video, like compilation on our page. And it's getting, it's getting some views. People are wanting that. They, everybody wants it to be March 1st right now. Yeah. I mean, finding just coming across a big old antler sitting on the ground, mm-hmm. it's hard to beat. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what we're doing. Like, specifically on our 80, there's a couple parts that we are opening up still. Like, obviously, our 80 in the timber, when we bought it, it was 80 to 90% crown closure in a lot of places. And since then, we've really opened up a lot of it. I bet we've impacted at least 50% of our 80 with timber. Maybe there's a cu- couple parts like in the far north. Um, there's a couple parts that seriously are like dirt basically on the bottom and just covered with hedge trees, like brush, things like that. So literally 
what we're doing is we have to crawl through it's a these slow areas process. and just cut, yeah. cut, cut, pile, cut, cut. And it's just like we're exposing sunlight to the dirt that hasn't been, hasn't seen the sun for yeah. a long freaking time. You can just feel that place breathe. I mean, literally, there's, I mean, there are, like, when you're done, like, you're completely shaded out, but by the time you're done cutting, like, there's sunlight peeking through. Yeah. Like, tan, like, like that switch is so fast. But literally, I mean, there are parts in this north section that we're working that I don't think a deer could walk through. Mm-hmm. Like, I was and, like, like, for that deer that half racks in here, like, mm-hmm. he ain't getting through that. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I mean, just because he'd have to have his head on the ground, just like crawling. Yeah. So like stuff like that. I mean, we we're literally gonna create more, more habitat on our. Yeah. Area. Like it's something to think about if you've got, um, a forty acres, eighty acres. Like, can deer use all of it? Mm-hmm. Can they actually like? If you look, if you point at anywhere on your ground, like, would a mature buck want to hang out there? Yeah. And and the this section that we're talking about is a no, at least, at least like five acres of it maybe, mm-hmm. and we're it's right off some food source. So I, I feel like it, it could be very good if we, if we could get that into a better state for bedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we, we probably will probably attempt to fire through portion of it this, this year, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of it that's in like years to come because yeah. it's just that thick. And the issue when it's that thick is how do you, how do you drop timber? There's nowhere for it to go. Mm-hmm. So with these hedge, like sometimes you're branch cutting, you know, you're like starting somewhere branch cutting, Dice that up, get that out of there, and you're yeah. slowly creating it's like area. Like the trees that you watch get felt like that, like they put a simple cut in, come on the back cut, and it just falls perfectly to the ground. Like that just that's that's a thing that we can't do in this section. Mm-hmm. Like we've we've we have spots on the property where we can do that with hackberries and, yeah, some oaks. and we've opened up a lot. Yeah, but that's that easy. More. Mm-hmm. That's that's easy cut. That's quick. That's, yeah. That's that's so so quick. But like with this hedge, like and I know we've discussed it on this property or on this podcast before, but I mean, a single hedge tree could take us a handful of hours. Mm-hmm. Like in this North section, they're so giant getting them to the ground is so difficult because they're, they're all intertwined with each other. So like if you cut one at the base, it might still be hung. Like literally like an entire like thousand pound branch could be held up by like a branch. This like the diameter of your finger. Mm-hmm. That's how hard this wood is. So like you need basically like a pole saw, to be able to clear at the top and then cut it at the base. And like, you need to do that. Yeah. For, it's a process. And you got to find a place to stack it. It's like, it's just a lot. And we don't have any of that major, like giant Bobcat dozer equipment that could make this possibly easier. If you just try to cut and cram it into a pile somewhere, mm-hmm. that's a route we've considered, but just haven't, haven't done that. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, that's not as fun. I don't think nope. you, like, no. you like the process of it. You like, yeah. it's kind of a pain in the ass. That takes a long time, but it's also great. Yeah. This was the first year I feel like where we were like, we have a lot of our management stuff accomplished for right now. Mm-hmm. Like you have to continue. Like, like every we don't year, have, we don't have like a ton of huge projects. Yep. Every you know? year you'll have something. Yeah. But like, I think, I think what's hurt us in the past and like, it's just part of it. I wouldn't say it, it's really hurt us, but we're changing the landscape pretty dramatically every year yep. and deer are using it every year. So your brain wants to, apply things from years past, but that just isn't the case a lot. Like for example, our Southeast area, that, that was our number one spot last year. I shot my buck, Tommy shot his buck. I mean, there could have been more encounters. Deer hanging out there a lot more. And that camera was dead this year. Totally dead. Why? I mean, we did some timber work around it. We did a, 
um, a lot of timber work in our central, like what, what caused the, a path change or something, you know, something we did, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So and that brings when us, when we get to the stage of like being able to do small things every year, I think deer will start to ha- get better patterns and be more predictable. Yeah. And that does bring us to like a thing you can do right now, which is just scout. I know this isn't a secret, like it's kind of hammer that right now is a great time to scout. I mean, we don't necessarily do it right now because we're just doing management stuff, but we do it during shed season, which a lot of that same sign is visible. Um, mm-hmm. But like seeing signs, seeing actually where the deer are moving, adjusting, taking actual notes, like actually document where you want to be having things moved around to like, there's a, a little, like a little bench on our property that goes basically all the way from South to North that we call Freddy's corridor. And we didn't have a camera there basically the entire fall. But when I walked it at the end of this season, there were like six Mondo scrapes throughout that whole area. Like mm-hmm. like the scrape density was like high, like the highest on anywhere on our property. We didn't have a camera on it. So like things like that. Because taking note. That's never happened before though. Yes. Because we sprayed it and there was exposed dirt. Yep. And deer wanted to use that instead of what they're used to on the mm-hmm. brome. Yep. So that was a big, big change up. So, so yeah, it's like doing things that are attainable um, for you as well. I mean, get your chainsaws fired up and just prepare for what things you want to accomplish. So I think, I think one like big hit hitter that people should be thinking about is what, what do they want their buffer edge to be like next net for the, for their food plots next year? Yeah. I think that's like something that, um, is, is, is some, is just a good thing to think about. I, I, I want to have more thinking about ours with Egyptian wheat that we plant every year. Yeah. I want to have something more permanent. I don't want to be doing that every year. I saw, I saw somebody, um, planting plums. I think that's pretty, that's a popular thing. Um, planting those every like six to eight feet and you don't want them to get too thick. And I think you want them spaced a little bit more than what they had. And they, and they, they said if they could go back, they would change that and, and make, give it a wider berth uh, between each, each mm-hmm. plant. But, um, I think having something permanent along that edge yeah. and, and even like working into the plot is, would be smarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I know like right now is also a good time to be expanding plots if you want, like, it's just the, it, right now is primo time to be able to cut things like there, the leaf cover isn't there. Like it's just so much easier right now. So definitely be, be doing that. I feel like, um, <clears throat> that's how we spend a lot of our time right now for sure. I also think about what areas I want opened up for Turkey season as well, at least on our 80, like we don't have a bunch of pasture and stuff for them to strut around and stuff like that. So there's certain areas that I, mm-hmm. we will mow specifically for turkeys to be able to have them using our property more just because it's all thick brush. Yeah. So, well, I was going to get into some, uh, other things. If you don't own property, if you have permission, like right now, something you can do is just like send a thank you to your landowners. If you hunted on their property this fall, um, discuss possible possibilities for like small game hunting or turkey season. I think that's a good thing to be doing. Um, ask them if they need help, ask landowners if they need help with anything on their property or management stuff. Like if you have, if you have any experience with that at all, like who knows if they'd take a hand. Um, and then obviously 
if you're just a public land hunter, man, just doing what we've already talked about with the scouting, taking yeah. some serious notes, mm-hmm. adjusting like that. I think that's big time. And take your freaking stands down. Yep. I was on public in Oklahoma, and there were, I saw at least three stands. Yeah. I'm not sure what their rule is out there, but. A lot of states, you have to take them down so many days mm-hmm. after the season. So just something to consider as well. Um, but, yeah, that's that's about the management stuff I have. Do you have any other things that you want to put in there? Um, I mean, just some just some things to be thinking about. Um, yeah, like fire prep, if, if you're able to do that. Um, we're going to be planting some warm season grasses and in areas where there's cool season grass, like the brome and fescue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be a big change for us. Um, we're going to be getting a tiller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just thinking out loud of, of what we're going to be doing. We're going to be opening up a couple areas. So, um, we have people message us all the time on Instagram. If, if you have ground and you're wondering what, what would be good, um, you can always, message us about a specific situation we can help you out yeah definitely um wear freaking your protective equipment just don't be dumb like that i see so many people running saws without like eyewear chaps like if you're gonna run a chainsaw and actually do some work you need to like you need to have a helmet on mask or glasses on gloves good thick or some sort of good long sleeve at least i like to wear a jeans or the first light sawbuck brush pant and chaps mm-hmm. and good pair of boots like dude those things will just mess you up so bad and like not even just a saw timber like mm-hmm. we've had we've had like deadfall and what widow makers come down and, i mean i've had one smoke my head before and i mean we analyze every single tree basically before we cut it down yeah. Just to see if anything's just hanging up there. Um, and, I mean, if you do it enough, crap's going to happen. Like, never stand directly behind the saw you're cutting. Always be off to the side. Like, crap like that. I, I would strongly advise just wearing all that protection equipment, but also watching. out. I, I watched hours of YouTube stuff. Discussed. I mean, we had foresters to the property to, to discuss that stuff. I mean, watching a ton of videos on how to correctly cut things, how to analyze which way this tree is naturally leaning things like that like timber is can get freaky like i always yeah. tell like i tell tom i was like if we are gonna die on the 80 it's in the next two months mm-hmm. every because year. we're gonna get smashed by a tree yeah. like like this is like you, climbing into tree stands always has some risk and stuff like that but dude I, that does not worry me at all compared to cutting down massive yeah. trees yeah. and things like that so even not massive trees, even brush can get your saw, can freaking yank your saw a certain way and cut you. Yeah, it's one of those activities where you just have to be on high alert the whole time if you're going to do it. Yeah. Like, be, like, and do everything methodically. Don't be too slow. tired, be level-headed, like, yep. Don't have three beers before you go out. Mm-mm. Yeah. I think that's it, about, about it for the management. We'll keep everybody informed. I, I'd like to, uh, I personally would like to get some of our hot burns done before March. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get those done in February. I think it's a little cooler. Yeah. The ground's a little wetter and you don't get them quite as hot. Cause that's the whole, like that's the whole thing about what's the difference between wildfire and prescribed fire. Mm-hmm. Wildfires happen because there's a ton of, a ton of litter that's been 
accumulating over many years. Yep. And it's during a very, very, very hot time. Flames get extremely hot. With prescribed fire, it's all it's all meant to be like like a lower flame, like a little bit cooler fire. Um, and it's supposed to be safer, you know, in your you're managing the grassland or woods, how whatever you're burning uh, more often, more yeah. frequently. I mean, we're burning our, our brome. That's changed quite a bit since our first year we've had it. Like it, there's a lot of uh, different plants in there now. And what many of, I don't know the name of, but um, it's much more diverse than we were doing it year one. And yeah. we're burning that every year. We're not taking a year off on that stuff just because it's still not where we want it to be. Um, but yeah. Prescribed fire is just is just the best way to do it, and um, that'll also scare you. Yeah, so that's why we kind of discussed. Make sure you have everything in line. Make sure you have all the it's right equipment. Like, make sure you have a lot of hands very on deck. Easy have a ton to, of hands. It's very easy to like have a contained fire. Yeah, it's very easy if, if you're just smart about it. Yep. You know. Yeah, we've um, even discussed like our brome is in Egyptian wheat. It's like eight to ten acres, and when that like fully gets like running hot and big, like it's we had a lot more of it last year. Yeah, it's like insane. So we've discussed we're gonna like it break doesn't it always into, burn like it did with us, you know, like this like this past year, like it really like it. Yeah, it was down to the dirt. Yeah, but in years past, like you've still been, you've still seen some stock and stuff. Yep. So that is something to consider though, because like now even with that eight, we're gonna break it into like four and four, just to be able to like do one, see how it goes. Oh, what do you mean four and four? Like, what does that mean like four acres and four acres? Oh yeah, we're you gonna break like it, it split into two chunks because yeah, we chunks. did it. We did it as one big chunk, which was, it was fine. It was totally safe and contained the whole time, but it was like, it was just a you lot. kind of need a breather. Yeah. Like, cause fire's just constantly running and you're kind of like just yeah. monitoring all the time. Neighbors are always driving by, even though you're texting yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. One of that is things. a big hot tip. Text and call your neighbors surrounding the area. Yeah. Have a, if you do it obviously during the day, um, that that's another thing, but we did it at night thinking that there'd be less people, but like we still had a ton of cars driving by asking us what we're doing. See the flames for. It's like if if you see somebody burning, like um, do you think you should be distracting them, asking them what they're doing? Like if they need help, like they'll get help. You know, if they if somebody looks like very panicked, help. Mm-hmm. But like like we're like mid burn and people are like yelling at us like like we're completely fine, but you're actually distracting me if right now. If you see a guy with water on his back holding a blower, you should like and like he's like just chilling out. Just like honking a like, thumbs up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just like, I mean, because if something's happening, he'll wave you over. He'll tell yeah. you, like, you know. Yeah. That was one thing that, like, people kept distracting us. I'm like, yeah. can I just please get back to this burn? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you like neighbors that are coming to check on you for yeah. sure. But, right. It's a mix. Um, but, yeah, that's that's basically what we'll be doing for the management stuff. It's fun. We enjoy the hell out of it. But I don't know if there's anything else on that front. This, this is when you can separate your property. If you want your property to be better, if you want to hold more deer, if you want yeah. to shoot the big buck that your neighbor always gets, now it's time. Everybody can can plant corn, beans, but what's, what's in the woods? Yep. So right now is trade show, trade show season for the outdoor industry, Tom. You've got, I know, sheep show already happened. ATA already happened. We'll be hopefully at Western Hunting Conservation Expo. Shot is right, Shot is, show. Is, right is right now. What else? Bunch of like local banquets and stuff as well. That's going on. But those are like some big hitters. Um, 
Um, and WTF is in yep. late February or mid, yep. mid, Feb. Yep. Dallas Fire Club happened. Yep. So all of those things, like, it's all going on. It's really interesting to see how, um, who shows up to those There's things. There's a completely different wave of people there right now yeah. than there were when we were going in 2018, you yeah. know. When we would go to ATA our first year, was it our first year, 18? Or seven. How many years did we go? Three or two? I thought we went three. Then the first year would have been 17. Yeah. So, seems like a long time ago. It's freaking 2023 now. Yeah. So, man, it was like shoulder to shoulder yeah. in those giant halls. Cut like, throat. you could not get through. Getting a hold of people was, like, talking to anybody decent was just kind of yeah. not a thing. It, it's a pretty, like... I, I struggle to say negative, but like, if you want to get like, if you want to feel like a nobody, go to ATA, you know? Really? Yep. Is that how you felt? That's how I felt. Like yep. nobody. It depends. Like you have your good guys in there. You yeah. do. But they like how many good guys are versus the guys that don't give a sh about you. Yeah. Like even especially young guys. The last time we went when we were like in the outdoor space very thoroughly sponsored by like 10 really good companies doing this basically full time. We were still, we would still like try to chat with some new brands and they would just blow us off. Like we were nobody. Yeah. Um, what was it? Nose jammer. Those guys at that booth were freaking jerks. Sorry. But, um, yeah, it's like, so, like, it's like, like people it, know it, what it's you're just, there for. It's, kind it's, of. it's life. Yeah. Are the people going to respect you even if they don't want to work with you yeah. or not? Yeah. And there's a lot of them that don't want to take notes. Yeah. Take note of that. Mm -hmm. Big time. Because um, when you're rich and famous, you, they're going to come calling. Yeah. One of our um, one of our biggest sponsor relationships ended at ATA because they basically underestimated us with how we were going to go about business. Yeah. They thought we were going to be like every other company. Just push over. Um, I mean, bad, dirty jokes during our meeting. Like we had an actual meeting set up. The guy we were meeting with, like, looked totally drunk. He was <laughs> like, high out for of this mind. company. Yeah. I think if he was drunk, we would have smelled it, but he was absolutely but high out There of was his some mind. slurred. There, I mean, he yeah. could have been high and slurring, but it's like, and we, after that, we totally ended the relationship. And he we was like, like a new hire they had. Yeah. We were like, we're done. Like, <laughs> that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, so it's like, interesting. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting show because there's a lot of egos there. I'll say this if you have questions, about like how a company should be treating you, reach out to us. Yeah. Like we have, we have insight. We know like financially, like, like content wise, that's like, like the biggest question also. of, of how much should uh, outdoor media company or whatever you're doing influencer. That's probably more so what people are doing these days. Yeah. What's, what's a good deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being yeah, genuine, we struggle with, with that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Because some company will will do X and then some company will not. Everybody's completely different. And that's yeah. still the case today, you know? Like, being completely transparent here, I'm not going to name names, but, like, there are still companies to this day that want to offer us only product. Mm -hmm. That is so effed. Like, for well, our content and stuff like that. And, like, when there's companies paying if, us if they, five figures... Yeah, I, I would retract your statement. Like, if... There, like, if there's a company that's like in the startup phase, 
Okay. We are yeah. absolutely willing to help him out. Totally. Yeah, but we're not, we're not we're, like we're doing video work. If you're buddies with us, like if you're, if yeah. you're tight with we're us, not, like we're we'll not do doing, things. we're not doing like video work for you or anything like that. Yes. We'd normally contract, but like we're, no, we're absolutely going to just help people out if, if they need it. Um, yes. Yes. I'm just like, I'm just saying like, if you're like a, a big company and yeah. like you're, and you reach out to us, be like, Hey, we'll throw you some product. Can we get some reels and X number of photos per month? I'm just like, just not a thing. Like you just, mm-hmm. there's a certain folk that will do that. But I don't know. There's a way to position yourself to for be able so to many years. Like for so many years, people were doing things for free. Yeah. And that's hurt, hurt many people down the line. Yeah. But anyways, um, trade shows are also a great time just to like get to get your foot in the door. Somebody people shake, yeah. shake people's hands. Don't exactly. be, don't be like Thomas and I, when we were, I mean, we were young when we started this thing, we're still young, but it's like, we were like nervous to talk to certain folks, reach out to certain people. Like, but some of those relationships have paid off gigantically. Mm-hmm. I know I met freaking old Dan Johnson at one of them. Just shook his hand, and I, we've—I mean, we've exchanged podcasts. You're respectful, and like, it's like people are paying attention to you. Yeah. You know, people are. If you if you handshake, like they're gonna remember that. If you're well dressed, like I think one one other thing that we would do is like we're not showing up with all of our sponsored gear and first light jacket. No, we're wearing dress shirts and slacks. Mm-hmm. Like we're like not. We don't look like everybody else walking around. The floor. No, we look, we look like we're going to church. Yeah. Because every every like you don't know when the next business meeting is. Yeah. You know, you know, like you might have one or two um, those first couple of years like actual meetings set up with people, mm-hmm. but like you don't know like when the next guy that just clicks with you yeah. is. You yeah, know? like <clears throat> I, I'm sure I can say this, this was years ago, but like w- we uh we were working with First Sight at this time, but we had uh, very very higher up when we were just at the show like hey I want to talk to you guys from Mossy Oak and offer us like. To, to be sponsored by Mossy Oak. And we were just like, happened to like, we, we just approached every single day. Like it was a business thing, even mm-hmm. though we might not have a ton of meetings. We were just ready to go all, at all times, looking professional, things like that. Had a meeting with them. They wanted us to do a bunch of stuff for them. And obviously we didn't go down that road, but it's just like, you just never know when somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder. Yeah. If they've seen your stuff, mm-hmm. if they've anything like that. And just a good, good way to go. Firm handshake and eye contact gets you a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're introverts, but like, yeah, you just, it's very obvious, uh, the people who know how to like hold a good conversation and, and, um, are just respectful, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And it's made it hard for us because we're not going to interrupt your conversation. Like we want to respect that. Some people will just butt in and just get after it, which mm-hmm. sometimes I was jealous of. Sometimes I'm just like, man, that's kind of, that's kind of a jerk move. Yeah. Um, but uh, Man, big, when, a hot tip. Yeah. If you're going to go to a trade show, don't go to ATA. That's a good hot tip. That That is absolutely the Which hardest one. they've kind of shut it down for like just the public to go. Yeah. That is absolutely the hardest one to meet and talk to people. There are a lot of big companies there, but like we've had so much more success going to Western Hunt. ATA is so much better if you're like in the business for a few years and you go. Like if you have, mm-hmm. if you have relationship with these companies, ATA is great. Yeah. See some buddies maybe. Yeah. That's that's why I had FOMO. Like I didn't want to be there at all business wise, but like I saw so many people that I'd like to have a beer with. Yeah. At it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just don't go we don't we just don't go to those shows anymore. If, if we go if we, we go to shot ATA if we Western go hunt, we yeah. just don't if we go it's for a day. Yeah. You know? We I mean like Western we, Hunt we schedule we're literally flying in Friday, flying out Saturday. Mm-hmm. Just see the people have the meetings you need to have and then just <laughs> get out of there. But 
yeah. I mean, we also prioritize family a lot higher than uh, just meeting those sponsors all the time. Yeah. I don't think it was a mistake going to all those in the early years. We were yeah. there a little long, but Hustling. there's just something about like yeah. trying, like if you can make, if you, if you have like eight days on the show floor between three different trade shows, like if you can make one good connection a day, which I think you could do. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Just some thoughts there. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say there's a, there's a movement of like marketing companies and businesses that are, are ragging on, um, startups like ourselves. when we started up mm-hmm. back in 2017, if that's you and you love to hunt, don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a hell I'll, I'll name it. Rubline marketing. Those guys are a bunch of D bags over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> They run a bunch of outdoor companies. I'm just going to say it because, um, like he like went on, um, I won't name exactly who it was, but like he went on there. I remember last year and was like, like, like trying to make up for like ATA, like having like a third of the people that usually have. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what I'm not seeing, which is, I'm very excited about is like a lot of, a lot of like YouTubers and like young guys that are, are trying to get into get like, get a handshake and stuff. Which was was like, yeah, which was us. I'm like, dude, that is like the last thing I want to hear. Like mm-hmm. I know like not like ATA is not exactly for that. Like we've, it's kind of turned into like a, um, handshake thing where it's really just but a trade show. Now every, like all those, like all those people like him are complaining. Why is the show floor so empty? Like why? Like nobody's coming to the show yeah. anymore. It's because you don't freaking want them there. Yeah. It's like, if that's you and you're grinding, just go for it, dude. Like yeah. you're like, you're doing you're working hard, you know, that's all, that's all I wanted to say. There's like so many people, it's easy when you've gotten to a certain point to rag on, on the smaller guys that are working hard and, and handshaking and, and maybe, um, talking a little bit more than they should. If, but yeah. And if you have a product service that you totally like is legit, you like, you put your heart and soul into, you have a very strong passion for genuine passion. You're just not in it for the dollars. you like, you love it. Stay at it. Totally stay at it. You will have, breakthrough moments mm-hmm. like we've had we've had months of greatness and months of like what is going on and then we have mo- a, a day a couple emails yeah. come through and we're, we're soaring high and then you, you have some low times like that is the nature of the business if you cannot ride that wave get out like just like you have to be able to ride the ride the ups yeah. and downs of that yep. and i mean the trade show is great and yeah i mean it, it can be a good time to network no doubt like you, if you're in it for the money, that's, it's not a good place to be. No. You know, it just, at the end of the day, it just, the hunting industry is cheap in a lot of regards, unless you're the top 0.01%, yeah. you know? And like, if you're okay, like working hard for, and not making a lot of money for a lot of years, that's how you're going to succeed. You know, it, it, it is, yeah. can you stick around? Here's, long here's what, here, yeah, here's what we say. Like we, we've, we film weddings for people. We, we do work for small businesses in Lincoln, big businesses in Lincoln, video and photo work. A video, a five to 10 minute video for some of these companies we do is an entire year for content for some outdoor companies. Yep. Like, like private that, businesses. that is the difference. Yeah. That is the difference between what you'll get paid. And it's like, we're not getting... We're not getting screwed over by these companies. Like we have good relationships with them. Like we know this is just what they offer. Yeah. And so that's just like, if you're in it for the money, don't go into the outdoor industry. Like 
you need to, there's, there's so much more money elsewhere. If you, if you have a passion for photo and video and you want to do that in the outdoor industry, like just do that for the fun funsies, but, but no, that go make money somewhere else. Yeah. Just until that, until that flips over and you're able to maybe get the right connections in the outdoor space, you know, and make enough money there. Mm -hmm. And that just do not burn the bridges. Um, also know who you are following. Like if you're like really invested in the outdoor industry, like really know, like just try to figure out who the people that you're putting trust in are like people you follow consistently, the people that you are going to, to make certain purchases, you know, like really get to know them. I mean, we have people reach out all the time, wondering what to get for first light vortex optics. What are some other things that people have been hitting us up? FHF gear. They've got some new crap coming out. We have a ton of questions about that stuff that we've been running. I wouldn't say it's crap, but no. Yeah. So it's like things like that. I mean, just in Nebraska recently, the Bomars got busted big time. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just sharing public knowledge. It's out there everywhere. Yeah. Like it's the biggest, there's, there's people saying that's the biggest poaching bust ever in Nebraska. Um, Josh and Sarah, right? Bomar, mm-hmm. Bomar bow hunting or whatever, Bomar archery. Um, I mean, they're giant on they're giant on Instagram. They're they have a they're ton giant of on YouTube. Yeah. And I mean, they're just straight up. I mean, they're breaking the law. They are killing things out of season. They were baiting things. They yeah. didn't have tags for things they were killing. It's like really just know who you like. Like like it's know who it's, you're following. It's their consumers that are keeping them alive. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of hunting people that. Um, are still watching all their things. And, and just like, and don't support. Like we, we, like we do not follow them. We, we follow them. We unfollow. Like we like take action. Be I mean, respectful. Yeah. Be respectful, obviously. But just like take fo- like follow the people that really deserve it. And like, do some, do some digging, figure that out. Mm-hmm. Like really, I mean, there are Thomas and I know that there are people making a full-time living in the outdoor industry. They have, they have shows, they have sponsors, outdoor channel time. They are doing things legally. Yep, straight up, and they have and the sponsors still support them, even they even though they know we know people that took certain individuals in the hunting industry to court, and the sponsors know that, and they're still hanging with them. Like mm-hmm. they they just paid their way out of all their legal things they did, and their sponsors know it and are still hanging with them. Yeah, like I understand at the end of the day, there's money to be made, and like if this person can get you more products sold or whatnot, it's tempting. But I'm just like, just know who you're following, know who you're hanging around with, just. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Like, man, we have been tight with HB guys. Those dudes are legit. Mm-hmm. Who are some, but real quick, who are some guys that, like, Sean and Mike, the whole HB crew, Trent, yeah, very Skyler, legit. Yeah. Clayton. What I like about them is, like, they're not hiding anything. Hmm. Like, if they're baiting in Kansas, which is legal, they're telling you that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're, yeah, that's something they put in the management for. work. Yeah. They just got the NDA stewardship award. Yeah. Management award, I don't know what it is. I think, yeah. So I mean, like bone, bone collector guys are legit. Yep. Um, I just talked to old uh, Rick Cruder, um, beyond the hunt, beyond the hunt. He was literally just telling me on the phone. He, um, was down in Arizona hunting where this, they had their, they, this new thing where like, the uh, populations in certain units, like meet, meet their quota. But technically like if, if, if mule deer like reaches their max harvest numbers, you technically have a two day grace period to make that happen. He spotted like a, 180 plus mule deer and he was like checking that thing all the time and like when he was on the stock he refreshed it in that field but technically he has this grace period so he could go mm-hmm. he could go kill that deer 
but he's like, nope, I, I, I know the industry that I'm in and I just want to, I want to be smart by all this stuff, obey, even though it, it would have been probably legal. I think it's legal yeah. for him to go shoot that deer because yeah. of the grace period. He's like, nope, they have management things for a reason. I'm going to obey it. And I'm like, people like that, that man, 180 inch mule deer, that's tempting, not only just for personally, but also that's, that's content. That's a great episode. That's views money. Yeah. And he's just like, nope, I'm going to take the high road. So it's like, there are some really good ones. What, other, what else, who else have we like really? Like as far as company wise, man, like all of our like guys at Vortex work, yeah, are like we, super. We work with good companies. Yeah. Like um, if we are going to work with them, like we are, we are backing product. Like yeah. I always say, if, if you're we were want, unsponsored, yeah. we would still use these products that we are. If going you're with. wondering like who to partner with, like look at the good people that you trust and see who they're partnering with. Cause they're not going to be with, with companies that treat them poorly, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. If there's, if there's a company that's, doing questionable things like who's still sponsoring the Bomars who's still sponsoring some of these other um, Midwestern guys that are getting caught baiting and meat waste and whatever. Um, Yeah. I mean, for the most part there it's, it's a good hunting community Um, and it's small. Yeah. The don't, the don't burn bridges aspect has gotten us uh, far in life. Yep. And here, so yeah, that's it. That's it. Just thought we'd discuss that kind of with the trade show season and um, new year upon us. So just, yeah, take some things to consider. And hey, if you're going to be at Western Hunting Conservation Expo, we will be there Friday to Saturday. Yep, Friday midday to... So hit us up. You'll basically see us Friday from 10 to 10 a.m. to midnight. And then we're gone. We're going to give it hell during those hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we uh, we have... We have some, uh, both my wife, Michaela, and Tom's wife, Therese, are pregnant. And expecting any day. Yep. So we're hoping we're going to be there. Yeah. We're kind of on lockdown right now. We should be there. I th- should be, uh, at least I'll be there. My son's going to be here in the next 24, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. Which so nice. send Tom positive vibes. Yeah, I guess I'll make this live as soon as we're off. So, yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you guys. Again, Spark Solar, if you leave a review, reach out. Yep. Sorry. I was going to just nope. go on a completely Le- different tangent. Yep. Leave a review on our podcast, and we'll pick a couple people. Well, we'll yep. from those people, we'll pick somebody to send yep. us to. Reach out to us if you have any questions on anything we covered. Management, industry, can I, should I work with this company? How much should I be getting paid? Like that is stuff that we would keep absolutely confidential and just help you out because nobody like nobody's given that. And people would help us, but like, like when we like ask like the HB guys, they like help us out, but their contracts look completely different than ours. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can give you a good baseline and, and just help you out there because um, we've done small deals. Yep. We've done big deals. We've done in between. <laughs> so like, we don't like, We've had deals that are bigger than TV contracts and we've yeah. had deals that are like no grand. No, we're not going to make a YouTube video on how much you should be getting paid by a company. But if you reach out to us and you're friendly, we'll, we'll help you out with, with, with things like that. If, if uh, that's you as a listener, yep. And need that. And you want to do this, man, stay at it and tell the haters to screw off. Let's leave on, it on that note. Peace out guys. <laughs>